Hello, this is Walnut Grove Baptist Church's podcast. We are in Carthage, Texas, and that is in Panola County. Our pastor is Reverend David P. Mitchell, and our Sunday school teacher, our Bible study teacher, is Deacon Glenn Wade. But thank you so much for joining us, and you'll be joining this uh, current episode that's in progress. Abraham had more than one son. 
And the Israelis like to think that because they were uh, the son of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, that the Israeli nation were, were, and they were God's chosen people. But the scripture said that Abraham would be the father of many nations, and that also includes Ishmael. And uh, when, uh, when Isaac had a son, he also had Esau. And and so uh, we see that there's other nations uh, to consider. But God has said in in the New Testament that go you in all the land and and the utmost corners of Judea and other areas of the uh, of the world and, and baptize them and, and teach them in the ways of the gospel. So uh, He wanted everyone include, included in there. And being a just God that He is, He wouldn't set one set uh, uh, qualifications for one set of people and another one for another set of people. God just does not work that way. He says, no respect of person. Anyone, everyone, any and everyone is subject to the same uh, uh, rules or, or regulations, you might say. Uh, so in verse 1, Paul, put uh, an argument is that what shall we say that Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, has found? Uh, the Jews were were not convinced that the Gentiles were given the same opportunity to be saved as they were. Uh, and, and so they're presented with another discourse on the subject. Uh, and this time, Paul wisely selected Abraham to make a convincing argument, knowing that uh, many times when people have, uh, are caught up in in, in uh, tradition and thing, it's important that that you can conclude somebody that from there who they all believe in. Uh, uh, that uh, brings weight to what he's talking about. So Paul selects Abraham, who uh, so many of the Jews had uh, so much. Uh, great uh, understanding about it was Abraham. They were proud to be part of Abraham's descendants. Uh, so to the Jews, Abraham was their father, and, and they held him in high esteem. Paul wanted to show them that Abraham had discovered, not by personal seeking, but by believing God apart from him seeking salvation, that uh, it was by uh, faith and not by works because none of us sought or seek salvation as sinners we all are running from God and God has to come to us and present his case to us through the gospel and upon believing it God critics us with righteousness uh, so that's what uh, Paul is presenting here is that it's when you're presented with the word of God, uh, it's imputed for, and you believe it's imputed for you for righteousness. Uh, imputed means to, to credit, to declare without any work of, by hands of man. So when we give that understanding, we re realize that it can't be by uh, anything that man has done. So what shall we say then that Abraham, our father, the apostle will use both uh, characters to press home the truth of salvation by faith and not by works of the law or by 
circumcision. Abraham uh, was presented first. Uh, the apostle sets up his argument of salvation by faith and not by the works of the law or circumcision by challenging the Jews to be convinced that Abraham, of Abraham's salvation. Did it happen by any works done by Abraham or by the faith in God alone? So we don't see why Abraham did any great work except that he believed. You know, Abraham was not sin free when he believed God, but because he believed God, God imputed or credited him with righteousness. So it was not something that he did. It was something that God uh, did when he believed. The reason why God could credit unto him and to us the righteousness is because of what Christ did for all in the past, present, and future at Calvary on the cross. Uh, the death of Christ gives the Father the right to have our sins overlooked or forgiven and never be credited against us again. In other words, they are, he's overturning what has been, uh, our, what our sins have been put on us. And as for the sign of, as pertaining to the flesh has found in but he's talking about pertaining to the flesh. They're talking about uh, the circumcision. As pertaining to the flesh is referring to the circumcision of Abraham. The Jews had been claiming that uh, many times uh, uh, David says when he uh, fought Goliath, he called him an uncircumcised Philistine. In other words, he, he's dying him for not being circumcised. And the Jews had been claiming that circumcision had as some fence of privilege to the kingdom that those that were not or that were uncircumcised did not have. So the apostle Paul says to them, let us examine Abraham's circumcision to see what is the truth. It is from this point forward that uh, the discourse of the apostle will be based and given. Paul will argue is circumcision of Abraham based on any works of the law or is it based on the faith of God? Uh, for if Abraham was justified by works, he has were off to glory, but not before God. Uh, their belief is based on false theology from the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the Bible. That is the results of misapplication uh, of the circumcision of Abraham. They did not take into account the true purpose of circumcision, which was a sign uh, of having been justified and not the cause of the justification. In other words, uh, because Abraham was justified by faith, he was given the uh, sign of circumcision, not that circumcision had anything to do with it. It was kind of like, and in other words, it's kind of like something like you're given a diploma. The diploma is, it's not uh, about what you did. It's, 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 it's just a sign that lets people know that you ha uh, have reached a certain point. So uh, it was circumcision had nothing to do with it. For if Abraham was justified by works, he has there off to glory. The apostle is saying to the Jews that salvation by works can only provide the worker with grounds for boasting. He has thereof to glory. 
And we think about boasting. Boasting claims that that which is done is the result of something within the individual and not the results of the one outside of the individual, which is God. So if we give the critic of our accomplishments a justification uh, to us and not to God, the one that suffered and died on the cross for our sin, then we're saying we don't need God. We're saying that we are justified. Uh, we could save ourselves. Uh, so we know that's not true because uh, only one without sin can can uh, can can um, better cross for sin. So that's why Jesus was the perfect one to do it because he was without sin. We can't bear sin because we are sinful ourselves. Therefore, what well, critiquing ourselves for our justification amount to is that it still leaves us unsaved. We can't save ourselves. If we did, we have no reason for uh, uh, to say that uh, we needed God, but not before God. Paul is saying to the Jews that their belief and boasting is not received by the Lord. God was not impressed with their thinking nor their deeds. God only approved what is of him and not that of any other. So we trying to put ourselves on the same level as God is. All the Jews believed that their views was right and acceptable to God on that basis. Uh, but man's uh, righteousness is not the same as God's righteousness. And no matter how many of them believe it, it's still, it can still be wrong. Uh, so they are basing their uh, theology on, on uh unjustified thinking. So Paul does something that, 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 that we ought to always do when there's something having to do with theology is Paul goes to God's words and says, what, what, for what says the scripture? Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. So in other words, Paul is going back and get a president uh, like a lawyer would go back and say, Wade versus Roe or whatever that is. So uh, he's going back and, and getting uh, something that's already been proven, he says. Uh, 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 so he goes back to that scripture and says, uh, what did the scripture say? For what says scripture? It is clear here that Paul is not a result to his own personal view in, in trying to convince the Jews that they are standing on uh, wrong uh, theology. Instead, he calls upon the divine truth of God's word. And there's nothing more accurate power convincing than the truth of God's word. The word of God has turned sinners into saints, haters into lovers, critics into allies, enemies into friends, daughters into believers. There's nothing more convincing than the word of God. So Paul goes to the word of God. And, it's, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. So righteousness is a gift received by faith and not payment for work that one does. So you don't get righteousness uh, uh, for works. Uh, it is a gift. When, when we go to Ephesians 8, it says, well, we are saved by grace. It is a gift of God. It is not, it's not a work. In other words, it's not something that you do. Uh, that you can receive it is righteousness is part of God's grace 
And both Abraham and David knew that their righteousness came only through the grace of God and not through good works. Righteousness has nothing to do with circumcision either, because Abraham was justified and righteousness was credited unto him before he was circumcised. Righteousness has nothing to do with the works of the law. Abraham did not have to do any work for justification by trying to keep the rules. Abraham simply accepted God's promise by faith. When we look at the law, the law does not make man righteous. It only shines light on our sins, finds us guilty, and brings us to the wrath of God upon us. And what what, uh, Paul is really talking about is if you're convicted of a a crime, even by man's law, the law tells you what the crime is. It, it, it brings you to court. It can even give you punishment. But it cannot uh, uh, relieve you of that crime unless you fall on the mercy of the court. In other words, it goes right back to what Paul is saying, that it is God's grace and mercy that saved us. Now, the judge can have grace and mercy upon you and, 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 and throw your uh, case out of court. And that's basically what what, uh, Jesus did at the cross. Uh, God's grace and mercy is what saves us. Uh, We don't have to bear the crime, uh, the penalty for the crime that we did. But Abraham has a history of obeying, obedient faith to what God said. God called Abraham to leave her, and he did. When Abraham went to circum in the land of Canaan, he built an altar, worshipped there. Uh, many years later, he came back up and worshipped there again. When he went out to Egypt, he returned to that same place and worshipped. When Abraham met Melchizedek, he was divine and faithful worshipper. Uh, all these things show that throughout Abraham's life, faith was in, uh, a, a, a great part of what he did. So then he says, now, to him that worketh is the reward, not reckoned of grace, but of death. Paul set forth a fundamental truth that here that works rewards is not grace, but of debt of pay. So when one works, he receives due pay. So if you're uh, trying to say that you're going to work for your salvation, uh, then that's not the same as grace and mercy. Not to him that worketh in the rewards, not reckoning to grace. When when removed the power of the privilege of God to credit unto us the gift of righteousness because of obedient faith and replaces it with human right to demand what is earned. In other words, if you go to work, well, uh, you have a right to demand uh, payment from what you, uh, uh, from what you have uh, worked for. So that takes away the the, the the, the grace part, the mercy part, is it, 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 otherwise you got that coming. But we have no works that we can do uh, that can work us uh, uh, us, us in the salvation. Therefore, the rewards of work is not the grace of God. It's, it's something that we we can say we have coming. So it takes away the grace part of it, but of debt. But rich reward before reward one with pay for what one does. It is earned, and thus is not a gift. 
earning anything does not bring us into the picture of the grace of God, which justifies our salvation. So work is not faith. In other words, uh, work cannot secure our salvation because salvation, again, is the gift of God because of our obedience in faith. So it takes out the element. Paul takes that out. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. God has determined before the foundation of the earth what he will use for the basis of the securing God's uh, man's salvation. So before we even uh, created the world, before man was even created, they were God had already determined how he was going to save mankind. But to him that worketh not, this refers here to one that worketh not, uh, who does not think that he could uh, merit salvation by keeping the laws of Moses. This is the case of Abraham. He did not become justified by any works of the law, yet he believed what God said while being a while being a sinner, but believe it on him that justified the ungodly. His faith is counted for righteousness. So these words are referring to one who demonstrates obedient faith. Abraham believed God and left his native home and went to a place in which he was uh, he knew not. God credited him with righteousness because of his obedient faith. Abraham. Uh, is a true believer that God justifies the ungodly. So even before Abraham uh, was yet a sinner, God, uh, because of his belief, God justified him. So this proof made the Gentiles equally acceptable to salvation as the Jews. Uh, to provide Proof for the unbelieving Jews, the apostle turned to another personality high regarded by the Jews. So then he used David. David is considered uh, the great king to show them that uh, salvation is not a works of the law, but rather by obedient faith. Even if David uh, also described the blessedness of man. David described the blessedness of man because he was a recipient of the grace of God and mercy of God, but which he did not earn or deserve. David understood the justification of God in declaring one righteous because he believed and not because of any works that he did. So you see when with David, uh, uh, what David did, uh, many to refer to, and, and 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 one of the main ones that we talk about with David is was him and uh, Bathsheba. Uh, he came about in her, and that he had Uriah's uh, put on the front line, and Uriah was killed. And and David didn't do nothing to get right with God except to uh, have faith and believe and go and repent of his sin. So David had no works uh, for that. It was his uh, belief uh, in God unto whom God imputed righteousness without works. David used the word imputed, which means reckoning or pronounced. In this case, it's being declared righteous, which excludes the idea of something earned or merit. 
The doctrine is taught in both the Old and New Testament has determined within himself what he will use to justify man. God's prerogative to uh, uh, declare all of us righteous by belief in, in Jesus Christ. Uh, verse 7 says, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Uh, the characteristics of iniquity is rebellious. And, and rebellious is someone that resists the law, a rider, a revolter, one that uh, oppresses and one that uh, instigates an insurrection. And when you think about that, uh, this lawbreaker is guilty of not accepting the standards of moral laws of God. Yet if he believes in God and what God says, God will forgive him and justify him and give him salvation apart from the or works. Uh, uh, the male factor that was crucified at the time of Christ's crucifixion was a rebel. Yet Jesus saved him, justified him for believing what he said on the cross apart from any works of the law. The man that was on uh, Jesus' side says, uh, I asked him, could, could he be with him in paradise? And this man did no works. He just believed in who he was. So we let you know that if he can stay that man hanging on the cross, then works has nothing to do with it. That man believed on Jesus Christ, and because he believed, Jesus saved him. Uh, it says, today you will be with me in paradise. So it lets us know that works has nothing to do with it. And whose sins are are covered. Uh, well, the, the characteristic of sin is missing the mark. It speaks of those aiming at the target and missing it, missing the bullseye. These are the souls that know what is right, but attempts to do right by their own standards. They often are guilty of doing what is said, but with the wrong motive. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, and uh, and many people of this day who who are in cuts and go about godly uh, matters if, uh, and, and thinking they're doing the right thing, but not under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. They are missing the mark. Even many of the mainstream Christians that act out of selfishness are missing the mark and, and, doing, uh, and not doing the work of God. So even those people have a right to, you know, if they believe, have a right to, uh, to salvation. And blessed is the man of whom the Lord will not impute sin. Uh, the word blessed is often translated as happy. It is a state in which one feels good and glad. This word does not best describe what we receive from God when God does something special for us. Happiness has an element of luck attached to it. Uh, so what is done on one occasion makes us feel happy and, and glad, depending on our state of mind. But on a different occasions, what makes us happy before may not make us happy. But when God does something for us, even when it is it's the same deed, which time each time we will appreciate it not with happiness, but overwhelming joy. 
So blessed is the man of whom the Lord will not impute sin. This statement is not to be taken as meaning that God is forgiving sin, is doing it without strings attached. Forgiving sin is predicated upon repentance. So when Paul said that God will not impute sin, he is not saying that God overlooks our sin without us doing what is required of our sin. Uh, can be begun. What he's saying is because we repent of our sin, God will not charge us with the sins. He will uh, not impute sin upon us. So there's different techniques. Uh, not uh, what Paul is saying is uh, in that occasion. Come this blessedness upon us with the circumcision owner or upon uncircumcised also. For we say that faith has reckoned Cometh this blessedness from upon the circumcision only or upon the uncircumcision only? Paul now asks a basic question, a question that is ought to bring the Jews to one conclusion. The believing Jews' position that prompted the apostle to present this case to them is based upon their insistence that Gentiles were not as to be bought into Christianity because they were not circumcised. And so Paul is letting them see that are, are the arguments that he made in the past, uh, they ought to now understand that circumcision has nothing to do with that. They are uh, to be given the same privileges and the same right uh, as, as the Jews. But we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. Paul is saying that both the Jews and himself believe the same doctrine, that belief that God reckoned to Abraham righteousness because of Abraham's faith. This means that no works of the law was included. Uh, uh, <laughs> excuse me. So it ought to get them to understand that uh, circumcision has nothing to do with it. How is it then reckoned when he was in circumcision or uncircumcision, not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. Having put both the evidence of faith, uh, of truth, that Abraham was justified before his obedient faith, uh, the apostle brings the hearers to the point of decision. So we got to make a decision. How is it then? Paul is asking, what say ye about the evidence God has given you through me concerning the justification of, of Abraham? Uh, if we accept uh, what Paul is teaching, it lets us know that circumcision has nothing to do with it. When he was circumcision or uncircumcision, not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision, the Jews were given a simple question that required an easy answer. The question is designed to help the Jews to reflect the conviction of their heart, yet because of the hardness of our heart, many times we won't accept what is put right in front of us. So they still have a problem accepting what God has tried to show them. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of righteousness and of the faith which he had yet been uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe. 
though they were not circumcised, their righteousness might be imputed unto them. Paul further presses the argument in the affirmative that circumcision and the works of the law have nothing to do with God justifying a sinner. It is strictly based upon faith in God and what he says and faith in the saving works of the Lord Jesus Christ. As a sign, circumcision says one has already been uh, justified. Circumcision is not the case of justification. It is the consequence symbol of justification. Uh, that righteousness might be imputed unto them. God had in mind that all people might be treated the same in acquiring justification. God said to Abraham that he would be the father of many nations. Uh, everyone that believed in what God said, God would justify by a Christian unto the believer's righteousness. And father of circumcision to all them who are not of circumcision only, but uh, also walk in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham, which he was being yet uncircumcised. God wants all to know that justification is not simply to the Jews, nor based on any works of the law or act of circumcision. Uh, God is the justifier of all men, be they circumcised or uncircumcised. The Jews believe that God only uh, justified the circumcision. The Apostle Paul says that God justifies all, all men. God justified man based on his faith, that faith that mirrors the faith of Abraham. Before God instituted the law of circumcision, Abraham believed God and God credited him with righteousness. This is what God does for all of us that believe. God will help us know that he justifies us based on our obedience, faith, and nothing else. He alone is our justifier. He needs, we need to believe God and do what he assigned us to do. It's a little bit confusing. I hope it wasn't too bad, bad confusing. But in all that it's saying is that we are justified by faith and faith alone, not by any works that we can do. No matter what works we do, we cannot uh, receive salvation from our works. We can only, it is a gift of God. Comments from anybody? Anybody? Hey, this is uh, Kate. I just have one thing I want to say out there that mm -hmm. really caught my attention today. It says, when you have faith in God, you move with belief. You know, and the reason I'm saying that is because I just, I thank God for allowing me to move here and be uh, be a member of one of World Church. You know, and, I, and that, because I, I actually move 
when I knew what I was coming. So but now I realize that my faith in God, even that little bit of faith that I had in God, it helped me to get here and it helped me find a good Christian home. And that's how I was going to that one. Amen. That kind of summed up the lesson. Amen. Amen. Good evening, everybody. Uh, I, I just called you the tail end of the lesson. I'm sorry I was late getting in, but nonetheless, I'm here. Faith without works is dead, and that's so true. If we don't ever exercise our faith, we never know the possibilities that we have. We never know the things that we could accomplish if we don't exercise some faith. You know, a lot of times we doubt our own abilities, our own self, by not stepping out on faith. Sometimes God uh, commissioned us to do something or, you know, make, the way is already made. It's just up to us to go ahead and initiate that first step. And if we ever initiate that first step, God will carry us through. But we have to work through some things in order to, you know, get to where God needs us to be. But if we don't never exercise in faith, we don't, we, we stuck. We just content. We um, stagnant because we won't move. But if we exercise that faith that, you know, we all have. We could do some things. We could do what God needs us to do, and that's to, you know, draw souls closer to Him. But we have to exercise that faith. Mm. Amen. Help, brother, teacher. Uh, Abraham had faith because he believed uh, what God had told him. And if we don't believe what God tells us, uh, then we don't have faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And when we uh, hear the word of God, we accept God. Then we, uh, have, we have his righteousness uh, through uh, faith and grace. And Abraham, he promised God, God promised Abraham, that he would make him a father of many nations. And Abraham tried at first to do it himself, but then he gets it back back and, and rely on what God had told him. And if we step back and get self out of the way, then we will accomplish more than what we can. Mm-hmm. We can't do nothing without God. Right. And with him, all things are possible. Uh, so, in this, Abraham is uh, one of the patriarchs of uh, faith, oh. uh, as well as David. They're the two most that are mentioned most about this uh, faith. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have to trust God at all times in everything and just lean on him. And when we do, he'll direct our pathway. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 Anybody else? 
Amen. I just want to say we really enjoyed ourselves on tonight. And thank God for all of you. And Christina, uh, you have already stated, we got in late also. Uh, just exercise your faith and just your belief will uh, carry you the rest of the way. Thank you, uh, students. Thank you, Deacon Wade, for sharing with us on tonight. Amen. Amen. My uh, condolences for your sister. I got him. She went in the room. Just a minute. She went in the room. Just a minute. Okay, she went in the room. Just a minute. She went in the room. I don't know which room she went in. Oh, hey, hey she goes, yes, second <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Hello? Yes. Yes, I want to uh, express my condolences for your sister. Oh, well, thank and you. I was going to go um, get back on after I got through. I, had, I just got home. That's why I was so late getting on. I just made it in from Houston. But you know, all I can say, I, I do appreciate all the messages, all the calls, all the everything. Lord knows I appreciate it all. All I ask y'all, just continue to lift us up in prayer. You know, I was, I'm still in shock because it just happened so fast, but I do want to say, you know, God is still able. God is definitely still able. You know, you go in a hospital for a simple procedure, just a simple minor procedure. And it it just it hurts. It just hurts because my niece was at the hospital by herself with my sister, thinking mama just here for this simple procedure. Nobody has to be here with me. Me and mama will be back home. Mm-hmm. But to get the phone call My from God. your niece, hysterical, screaming, crying in Houston, Methodist, all alone, and they come out and say your mama didn't make it. You know that's what really here. I can accept God's will. I know God's will is gonna happen, regardless. So, Lord Carol, God's will is God's will. We can accept God's will and know for sure that God will give us comfort. Yes. The flesh part, the flesh part is what hurts the bad. But I do know God is able. I know God is able. And the way I know God is able, because God led me through that Houston traffic and I was blind as a bat, didn't know where I was going, but I knew I was going. And I knew with all that construction that was going on, God was going to carry me and my dad and my family through, and he did. And I thank God for it, and I do thank God for the prayers. Lord knows I thank God for the prayers, and I just say, y'all continue to pray for us. Yes, ma'am. Love you. Love you all, too. All right. right. In your hands, sir. Oh, I'm sorry. I took the phone and walked away. I'm down the hall. Hold on. Let me walk back up the hall. 
in your hand. Y'all got a big house. Y'all can't keep up with each other. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we unpacking and putting up uh, everything. Is putting that, the guy was putting up a ceiling fan also. Yes, sir. It, 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 it's our love. <laughs> we're thankful to the Lord. All right. Father God, in the name of you, we thank you for this opportunity. We ask you to continue to bless us, continue to guide us from one degree to another. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Walnut Grove Baptist Church Podcast. If you feel led to do so, you can leave a gift at bit.ly slash walnutgrovegiving. Thank you so much, and we'll see you in the next episode.